This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Equity. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Hey, you look pretty tight on the other end there. <laughs> Need a coffee. <laughs> We're smashing these episodes out. I'm well, I'm well, yes. Back for another one of our Christmas episodes, deep dive on a, on a company that has been recommended by one of our community members out there in the equity mates world. Recommended being a general and loose term, not a uh, specific recommendation. Absolutely. <laughs> recommended that we have a look at it and uh, expose it to the rest of the community. Blow the lid on it. Recommended that we, two amateurs, not experts, not giving uh, advice, have a look and general discussion about it. <laughs> yes. So, Ren, we move into the the, the micro caps with this one. Well, this, this very close to a micro cap anyway, with a market cap of 60 million. I think million. it's a micro cap, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris, oh no, so he, he, his his cutoff was 50 mil, so, oh, okay. so I think just outside of Chris's yeah, range. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Anyway, today's company, Ren, is Rectifier Technologies Limited. RFT is its ticker. Yeah. Currently trading at a whopping four and a half cents. Four and a half cents. Four point four cents. I was gonna say forty-four cents. That would um you would have been blow the market cap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so four and a half cents market cap of uh sixty million dollars. So quite small. Yes. Uh definitely not falling into the top one hundred or ASX two hundred, that's for sure. So Rectifier Technologies, they have been uh, been around for a while. Their roots are in manufacturing power or specializing in power conversion. Yes. So pretty timely, I guess, now going into the electric vehicles and stuff, which we'll touch on a bit later. But Well, um, I mean, we converted power before that. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's demand now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Electricity's done nothing for us. <laughs> it's done pretty well over the years. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but you are right, electric vehicles are looking like a 
big boon for this company. Opportunity, yeah. 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 So they uh, were pretty successful in the telecom market back in, in the 90s. I think that's where they sort of really developed their, I guess, their specialty and then have gone through a number of listings and mergers and acquisitions with companies since then primarily around the AC-DC converter yes. model, <laughs> which I know you have a bit of some history. I do, I do. Well, I mean, uh, everyone sort of knows uh, that there is AC and DC power, uh, if not from anything else from the band. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I guess to understand what this company's been doing, you have to understand the, the actual history behind it. So here's a brief history of AC and DC wow. power. <laughs> I'll take a seat. <laughs> uh, um, Thomas Edison, when he first invented, found uh, electricity, he basically invented DC power. And Nikola Tesla, who was around at the same time, invented AC power. AC power can be more easily converted to different voltages. And essentially what happened then was that a war of the currents developed as Edison and Tesla went head to head trying to convince everyone of the merits of their respective forms of electricity, I guess. And so, you know, a lot of the early American stuff, because it was Edison, was direct current. But the war of the currents ended when <laughs> George Westinghouse, the name might sound familiar from appliances. So he partnered with Nikola Tesla and used AC power on all of his household appliances. So if we jump forward to today, a lot of our household appliances, our TV, our dishwasher, stuff like that use AC power. And then, you know, things like smartphones, things that use batteries are DC power. If you've ever wondered why your laptop power cord has that big box yeah. in the middle, that's converting AC power to DC power. And so when we think about electric vehicles, they're going to need to do something similar. They're going to need DC because they're battery storage. And so where these guys have a real opportunity is to convert the AC that is running into the house to DC for the electric car. And that's what they've been doing for, you know, big telcos and data centers and stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Well, thanks for the uh, history in uh, electric vehicle, uh, the electricity, DC versus AC, the uh, current wars. wars I don't think war I've, of the currents. <laughs> war of the currents. I don't think I I've didn't ever come up with that term. <laughs> that before. Well, so interestingly, Ren, Rectifier is, if, if you do want to get access to this sort of market, as we alluded to there before it is I guess a market that now with the advent of electric vehicles and and the growth in the demand for battery powered stuff you know you, you might want to get access to it it's the only uh, electric vehicle uh, equipment supplier and distributor on the ASX at the moment yeah I always find that claim a little bit like whatever like maybe 40 years ago, if you could only invest in ASX and you wanted to get exposure to these themes, it was a meaningful claim to say, we're the only one doing X or Y on the ASX. But these days, I'm like, great. I'm if, going to the if, States. If I think <laughs> Tesla's Powerwall's better technology than you, I'll go there. If I think you know the Germans are doing something interesting, I can just as easily go there. The fact that you're Australian, like, uh, great, support Australia, but... Be Support a good local business. businesses. <laughs> Ruthless over here. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's a fair call. Uh, I guess the, the barrier to entry to investing in overseas markets is a lot lower now. So, you're, to your point, making these sorts of claims, uh, I guess, is no longer a, 
at probably a, as big of a draw card or marketing opportunity that it used to be. Yeah, but I mean, you know, well, do- well done being the only one. That's good. So from my point of view, Ren, something that stood out is they announced it in November and it's a, one of their latest research and development projects which has significant implications on the electronic vehicles industry and that is a high-efficiency, bi-directional power conversion platform. Yes. Now, do you want to explain that? (laughs) But essentially what it means is that they've developed a a platform that not only means the electric vehicle can charge and have the electricity converted, but also it means that uh, they can then put power back into the grid as well. So pretty, I guess, important and and a a good step towards a, a more sustainable environment yeah and potentially a good way for electric vehicle owners to profit off spikes in electricity demand true depending on how smart the platform is but i imagine it is if you can set parameters where if the electric vehicle is fully charged and electricity prices go to x start feeding it back into the grid and selling it into the grid. And catch the bus then, the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, then you charge it when it's cheap. Yeah. So, for example, um, electricity prices generally spike and electricity demand generally spikes on really hot days between like 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. because that's when people get home, turn on the air conditioner, turn on all their appliances. That's when we generally see like brownouts where the grid has to just shut down for like 20 minutes at a time in different parts of a city. If you got home, plugged the electric vehicle in, and then it could be basically used as battery storage for the grid. And you could then feed it back in when prices were high in that time of peak demand. And then you could charge it overnight when prices are lower because everyone's asleep and have turned their air conditioning and stuff off. Potentially, that's a really useful thing for people to get access to. I was trying to see if like the Tesla Powerwall could do something similar. I couldn't see it on any of its product specs. That's not to say it can't. I just had a cursory glance at a few of their information sheets. But if it is something that this company can offer that Tesla can't, like that's a that's a big tick for them. Yeah. Yeah. My question though is, and I don't have the answer to this, but how much electricity would you really actually be selling back into the grid? Is it an actually a, a meaningful amount? Well, I mean, it's uh, meaningful is a relative term. Like, but you can't, I mean, you're not going to quit your day job because <laughs> of it. <laughs> but if you can save some money on your power bills, like, yeah, great. We may be talking a couple hundred bucks or something. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't know. Like, yeah, well, maybe if you actually looked at your electricity bills. <laughs> <laughs> We're gas, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a good question. I-, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, like, I wonder how many watts or kilowatts uh, an electric vehicle actually holds like what's the full charge i wonder probably should have looked that up before <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yes yeah so let's move to the financials ren and as we said at the start of the show this is uh bordering on a small uh, micro cap stock so uh potentially potentially a lot of upside pending the success of these new developments that they are pushing out. And to your point, Ren, if it is something that differentiates them from Tesla and I guess Tesla vehicle owners go out and and buy, then, you know, good uh, opportunity for them. But yeah, $60 million market cap. 
It falls within the industrials sector. Depending where you look, it's got a PE of 28 to 29 and the sector price to earnings 26. The reason I say pending where you yes. look is because <laughs> off air, Ren and I have been comparing notes and we've realized that depending on which source you look at and depending where they pull their data from, some of this information can't always be aligned, which we- to us is a very confusing. The, uh, yeah, this shouldn't be the case. But Yahoo Finance sort like sort your shit out. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, your numbers are wrong, or the annual report's lying. So yeah. we're going to say your numbers are wrong. Yeah, it's, it's totally weird, uh, and we'll probably get into that in a second where we compare revenue. But weird. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't help uh, our case trying to make investing easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, Ren, they've managed to grow earnings per share at forty eight percent a year is what I've come across. So pretty impressive earnings per share growth. Interesting to see how that plugs into your DCF if that is what you've chosen to do from a valuation point. On that earnings per share though, how much of that just came in the last year? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, okay. The reason I ask is because you flagged at the start around the opportunity for electric vehicles. And so what we can see is their revenue this year was up 141% from 7.8 million to 18.9 million. Huge. And the company has explained that that was mainly driven by electric vehicles, which contributed 12.3%, sorry, 12.3 million to its revenue number. So if you look at its earnings numbers, and the caveat on this is we're now very skittish about what numbers are correct and which ones aren't. But We're going with annual report figures. Uh, I'm not, but okay. <laughs> the net income, so the earnings after tax and everything, net profit went from 60000 yep. to $2.13 million. Yeah, significant increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of been this push into electric vehicles. So that's a massive increase just on the last year alone. And I think that will skew the average high. The other thing is if you look between F17 and F18, it's net profit dropped. And if you look between F16 and F17, it's net profit also dropped there. So it's been, it hasn't been a, you know, bottom left to top right incremental growth every year story. Yeah. But I guess that, that makes sense when it's looking at a new market and pushing out new products and stuff like that, which does, if we get into valuation, which does create a bit of a question around, you know, will the trajectory, like, do you average it out if the trajectory has been a little bit up and down? So, but with that in mind, if we, if we have a crack, so the current price is 4.4 cents and its earnings per share are 0.16 of a cent. Is that what you've got? Yeah, 0.0016. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So if we start with the discount cash flow. Oh, well, you've actually already done the first one, which is the relative valuation, the price to earnings compared to its sector. Yeah. And it was a little bit higher, sort of 29 compared to 26 for its sector. Yeah. 29 is expensive, but if the growth opportunity is there, then it's not outrageous. And it's all relative as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we look at the discount cash flow and we say that the earnings are a fraction, so 0.16 of a cent. And we assume that it grows at 10% for 10 years. 
and then after that just grows at the rate of inflation and we use the 10% discount rate and that's the discount rate that both Warren Buffett and Roger Montgomery suggest to use and we're not going to disagree with them because they've both made a lot more money than us. Um, So if you plug those assumptions into a DCF calculator, you get a share price of three cents a share, which is a little bit cheaper than what the current share price is, but really it's not out of line. And I think the 10% growth, given that revenue grew at 140% last year, 10% growth might be quite conservative. What do you have as your annual growth rate after the 10 years? Inflation. So three. I said 3%. 3%. Interesting. So I'm just, so I've plugged in inflation at 2%. Just want to run through those figures again, Ren. So you've got 10% annual growth rate for 10 years, leveling off at 2% thereafter. Uh, 3%. Oh, sorry, leveling off at 3% thereafter and your risk is 10%. Discount rate, yeah, 10%. Discount rate, 10%. What'd you get? 0.03. The valuations come in slightly below what it's currently trading at, Ren. Yes, yes. With your 10% assumption over 10 years, have you actually based that on anything or are you just going a, you know, just to help explain how you came up with that 10%. No, I haven't based it on anything. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, it's basically a bit above market. But if we were to plug in, you know, last year's growth rate, you know, its revenue growth rate was 141%, the number we get would be a little bit absurd. If we flip it around, though, if we go to the reverse DCF, which essentially asks, given the assumptions that you've put in and given the current share price, What's the growth rate that is required to justify that share price? And what we get is 14.14%. So realistically, not, not, a, not an outrageous growth rate if you assume that you know, this new push into electric vehicles is going to bear fruit. Valid point. So if I then bring in the quantitative analysis that Morningstar have done, and as I said, it uh, takes into consideration a number of the factors you've been talking about, rent, cash flow and revenue, as well as economic moat, financial health, those sorts of things, they're coming in with a fair value of five cents. So yeah, pretty close to its trading price at the moment. So we're not far off. No, no. And then the last one is if we do the Roger Montgomery style where you take its book value and its return on equity and you use that as the basis of evaluation, its book value per share is one cent. Its return on equity, and given it's been quite variable, I've just taken the average of the last five half years, that is... 18.04% and it's not paying a dividend. So if you go to Roger Montgomery's table, you say the book value times by the multiplier that that return on equity number um, tells you to use, uh, you get a share price of 2.7 cents per share. So again, a little bit lower than the current share price. I guess the market is expecting a higher return on equity as this new technology push emerges. Fair enough. Nice. So to close out, Ren, any fun fact? Well, I mean, I've given you this whole history of the war of the currents. <laughs> That's so, fun enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to close out then, where do you think this falls in your circle of confidence? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an electrical engineer by any stretch. So it's probably a little bit outside. I think that the energy market more generally, I work a little bit in in my day job and I'm starting to understand it a little bit more. But yeah, probably just outside. I would agree. I think 
certainly probably more outside than yours. You've got a bit more exposure to this sort of stuff in terms of the technicalities around how it all works from DC, AC, all that sort of stuff. Definitely not in my wheelhouse, but I can understand the macro trends that it's trying to get involved in. I think the thing is, though, it can very much become in your circle of competence if the technology is proven to be successful and it's less about making a bet on how this technology compares to other new battery slash power converters. It becomes more a consumer product that is really just exposed to the basic forces of supply and demand based on electric vehicle utilization and um, the other competitors in its industry and how they compete on price and brand and stuff like that. Like if the conversation shifts from technology to consumer products, then it probably is right in our wheelhouse. And the analogy for that is probably how Buffett made the call around Apple. Apple became less cutting-edge technology company that you had to understand the technology side of things, and it became more and more consumer products, and now it's Buffett's biggest holding. Yeah. So I guess the point is don't don't be worried and excluded if it's not in your wheelhouse at the moment. Just uh, keep an eye on it and see how you go. Mm. Nice. Or study electrical engineering. Ah, that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ren, we'll leave it there. Looking forward to uh, diving into our next stock next week. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.